to this. You know what? And in the ring with Dan and Benny, hey, brother, man, he's about the most cat. I just love him to death. I love you. Thanks for having me. Hey, you're the best. I'm telling you, brother, in the ring with Dan and Benny. Yeah. We love you. Thank Woo. you so much, Dan. Oh, yeah. Hello, friends, and welcome to another edition of Dan and Benny the Ring. I'm Dan Spashano, joined, as always, by the player himself, Benny Scala. Benny, episode 160, we both survived winter storms. How you doing, buddy? Yeah, and a great weekend of football. Uh, in the past few days, both the Dallas Cowboys and the Philadelphia Eagles were eliminated. So at the moment, life is really good. Yeah, I, uh, I usually wear wrestling shirts for the show, kind of been my thing. I had to sport this today just in celebration to uh, uh, let Philly and, and Dallas know that the NFC East, we're, we all suck. So, And my, my Bucks are still alive, albeit probably not for long. Hey, you know what? You guys, uh, you, you exposed Philly. They were saying um, they went from last year, they, they were in the Super Bowl, and this year the coach is getting food thrown at him as he's walking down the tunnel. So it, e- it, Eagles, it, Eagles fans are a, uh, what's the word, monsters. The Bucks are still in it. They're like James Ellsworth. Every, every man with two hands has a fighting chance to uh, send dick pics to underage girls. Jesus. <laughs> Baker Mayfield is, is everyone's hero today. But we got a fun topic today, Benny. This is going to be kind of a shorter episode than usual because we're just going to kind of chat. We wanted to talk about social media and wrestling. But as our viewers at home can, uh, can see, uh, we've got our uh, pretty well-known face around these parts joining us today. Benny, why don't you tell everybody who the third man on the circle is tonight? Yeah, I don't know if we can actually call our guest a guest. He's actually a fellow member of the Monty family, uh, co-contestant with us on The 30 and the Wednesday night host of uh, What A Day in Centerville. He is the one and only Joe What A Day Lowry. Joe, welcome to Dan Benny in the Ring. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Finally got to make – I'm making the big time now. Dan and Benny in the Ring, I've heard all about it. I'm so (laughs) excited. Let's roll. Let's get to it. Yeah, all the – it's it's funny to think about all the the interactions we've had the thirty the show the money and the Pharaoh stuff and this is actually the first time we've done a, a Dan and Benny episode with just the three of us so it should be fun yeah three amigos yeah. yep right. well I, like I said at the top of the hour it's gonna be a little different today it's a shorter episode but we wanted to talk about social media and the impact uh, social media and wrestling yeah. it, the impact it's been having obviously social media has been in the news a lot recently. Tony Khan had a very high-profile Twitter meltdown, uh, as did Chris Jericho on Christmas and his Twitter feud with uh, Stephen P. New. And then recently the Twitter uh, unfolded um, the stories of the NDA and, and Twitter's uh, excuse me, Jericho's battle on, on Twitter. And I'll keep saying Twitter. I just can't bring myself to call it yeah, X. I can't uh, <laughs> with, with fans and reporters over NDAs. So we're going to start with the obvious, the big one, because it's the one that's fresh in everyone's mind. Guys, uh, Joe, I'll, I'll start with you. This sure. Monday night, we're recording on a Tuesday. This last yes. Monday that just passed, Seth Rollins defended the, the World Heavyweight title against Jinder Mahal. And sure. Tony Khan had a absolute meltdown recently where he was ranting on social media that 
he was offended that Jinder Mahal, who hadn't, he called him out on it. You haven't won a match in a year. You, you're a, basically a jobber. You're a bum, and and right. you're getting a title shot while I want to promote Hook. I'm pushing Hook as as a potential heavyweight champion, <laughs> and everyone's questioning why this this skinny nobody who's only had like 20 matches or 25 matches or whatever. So, Joe, I'll start with you. What brings a, a man who owns a wrestling company, Booker of the Year, that he loves to talk about? To, to look at, at, a, at a tall, muscular, former WWE champion who can cut a promo and wonder why that guy is more taken more seriously as a heavyweight contender than a skinny mid-carder with a made-up belt who's only wrestled 25 times in three years. You know, I don't know what's going on with Tony Khan, but I swear to God, he's jumping off the deep end lately. Uh, my biggest thing to take away with this is I, I was reading an article today, and the, the whole hook thing, was a direct response to the Jinder Mahal thing. Now, we got the meltdown from Tony Khan last week with this whole thing and all that, and, and of course, Jinder Mahal responding. You know, at what point um, do, do you stop selling your product and become a mark? Because uh, I think that's what's happening now. I, I think um, uh, MJF got it right last May when he called Tony Khan an effing mark. And I think that's what Tony's turning out to be. I mean, you know, he's got his pockets lined with daddy's money and so forth. I feel bad for Jacksonville. I mean, they didn't even make the playoffs. We were talking about football earlier, right? So, I mean, they're losing <laughs> right. some money there. Um, you would think you'd want to at least capitalize on this. I don't know what's going on with Tony Khan. Something, something has flipped in the last six months. I really think ever since the CM Punk incident with Jack Perry, we can talk about the Jack Perry sighting over the weekend as well. I think ever since that whole thing has been blown out of the, out of the water, it's gained like this crazy traction. And I think right now what's happening is I don't know if they're using social media to their advantage or they're not. But to go on as a wrestling, not a promoter, as a wrestling owner, to have a public meltdown over the fact that Jinder Mahal is having a, a, a world title match on Raw as a former champion who obviously would you know is entitled to that. But then to recap it with Hook and that ridiculous Samoa Joe, I think that's going to happen tomorrow night, right? The uh, correct yep. Tuesday. So, I mean, that was a deliberate shot in the face. And then, of course, Kevin Nash on his podcast today was like, who the, heck, who the F is Hook? <laughs> Give him the F and Hook. You know, so right now I feel that social media is it's they're teetering on that fine line. I think it all started with COVID. I know we had this talk backstage earlier, but I think when uh, everybody was starting to be held captive and they started um, seeing that there were certain uh, couples that were intertwined within AEW, WWE, TNA, Impact, all that stuff. Right. I think I think I think in the long run, as these things go full circle, it might end up hurting the organiz uh, the wrestling world as a whole because kayfabe's gone. It's it's not there anymore. We just we don't see it, or they try and have it, and it's not working out because someone's blowing it out of the water. So it's not like the days I saw the Freebirds walking through the airport playing the whole shtick going onto a plane. Now it's you know you can see them at the airport being human beings and. You know, that's just not the way it is. I think social media is going to end up hurting this uh, sport in the long run. What do you think, Benny? Well, as you can see in my background, Tony Khan did do something right, though. He did sign on Esther to a long-term contract. Uh, so you know, the only question right now is who's going to manage her. We, you know, I don't know if uh, Grady from Sanford's son is still available <laughs> or not, but I, I just want to like use my age to, to point out the differences so in 1969, I remember this because I wrote a letter to Vince McMahon, not junior, but senior. Uh, and the reason why I wrote the letter was I said, why do you always have these matches on TV where it's, you know, it's lopsided? 
you know, why do you have George Animal steal against, you know, uh, Lenny Solomon or, or Lee Wong from Hong Kong or, you know, Miguel Feliciano? Why can't you have more even matches? And of course, like being so young, I didn't I didn't understand the business model. The whole business model was to get the heels, you know, you do the squash matches to build mm-hmm. up the heels so that they can uh, sell at the garden with Bruno. But, you know, and of course, I never got an answer. But how much how often did you hear the name Vince McMahon? back in the day or like how often did you hear the name Jim Crockett uh you know the product was the wrestling and it just seems now with social media the the only to me the only time that it ever worked where the owner was a storyline was Mr. McMahon which did I mean that was money but I mean I think that was just a once you know that was lightning in a bottle and I, I don't think that's something that should be like a steady recipe. I think that was just, that was a, a one, that was a one timer. And I just think Tony Khan, you know, with his antics is taking away from the product. Yeah, I agree. Well, yeah. Let, let me, uh, let me ask you actually, Benny, that's a great point when you talked about the Mr. McMahon, because the, the idea, you know, that stemmed from a real life issue with the Montreal screw job and Vince McMahon kind of took the Brett screwed Brett interview and he molded himself into that. Is there any any way for Tony to salvage this, or is this long term planning? Like, is there any chance whatsoever that this is Tony Khan playing the 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 some kind of character that that'll show up and help AEW on TV somewhere, or is this like Joe said? Is this just an angry, probably and and, and I'm you know just based on what I've seen with my own eyes, you know maybe a. a substance and enhanced uh mark that you know it was just needs to stay off twitter like like jim Cornette says it, it, tony Khan is the mi- modern day richie rich he's an incompetent buffoon who plays with daddy's money and i think that i mean and he's not playing an incompetent buffoon he is an incompetent buffoon i think the best thing that he can do is get a wrestling person to run his wrestling company and just you know stay in the background yeah I agree. I agree. Yep, definitely. Well, okay. Tra- transitioning away because we talked about Tony Khan na- now. Um, obviously, there's a lot of incidences recently uh, that came out on social media with, <clears throat> excuse me, with QT Marshall. And if you guys remember the story when, when they announced that Kevin Sullivan had left the company and they had oh, yeah. to like explain that it was not the Kevin Sullivan everyone was thinking of, it was a different person. <laughs> I remember um, that. The the yeah. wife of Matt Jackson, who ran their their merchandise, left, and yeah. then Dave Meltzer uh, re- revealed on social media that she was mad that the company didn't she didn't feel the company had their back in their fight with CM Punk. You know, all this stuff comes out. It's it's anytime something happens. I mean, Benny, you guys are both older than me. You know, wrestling is filled from start to finish in history with locker room fisticuffs, you know, uh, oh, yeah. locker room justice, what are they, wrestler's court, whatever they want to call it, you know, two guys throwing down, they, they wipe the blood off, we figure out who's right, who's wrong, everybody goes and, and goes out there and does business. But no one cared or talked about it the way they do now. This whole thing, go back to the, to the they call it the brawl out, which I think is hilarious. You know, CM Punk gets into a physical altercation in the locker room with the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega. And there's, you know, obviously other producers involved, people breaking up the fight. Ace Steel at some point, Kenny Omega gets bit. One of the Young Bucks gets hit in the face <laughs> with a chair. The the Ace Steel and CM Punk are the the 
clear winners of this physical altercation. But not one video, not one video right. has surfaced. <laughs> and now it's it's been revealed through social media that everybody involved has signed lifetime NDAs. And all of a sudden, and this goes back to our social media talking, Chris Jericho decides at four in the morning on, I believe, Christmas Day yeah. um, or two in the morning, whenever it was, that he's going to start ranting about, well, I was there, which he wasn't. He was. There's video evidence showing that he was elsewhere in the building at the time. You know, I was there. I never signed an NDA. And he gets into a huge Twitter war with Stephen P. New, the uh, uh, consigliere of the cult of Cornette, as they call him, famous attorney, because Stephen P. New represented CM Punk and A. Steele in their NDA battle with uh, the legal proceedings that follow, followed this. So, uh, Joe, I'll, I'll go to yeah. you first. What do you do as a company, as a promoter? So here's Tony Khan. He has to be the bigger man and come to Chris Jericho and say, you can't be four in the morning saying all this crazy shit on Twitter when he's yep. doing it. What do you do when you've got people in the locker room that just it's a free for all Wild West rules whenever they want to get on social media? Well, whether this is planned or not, I mean, uh, what stays in the locker room stays in the locker room. What happens in the locker room stays in the locker room. I don't understand why this stuff is leaking out. Um, you know, you talk about the past when, you know, wrestlers got in altercations backstage. I've seen it, all that stuff. But it never made the papers. It never made the internet and all that stuff because what happened backstage stays backstage. Why Tony Khan is allowing this to happen is twofold. Either he's allowing it to happen to use this as a sick way of promoting his company because in turn, what's going to happen is the company looks like it's in total disarray. For Chris Jargo to come out in the middle of the night on Christmas night to say, hey, look, I didn't sign an NDA and get in an argument over with a lawyer representing CM Punk about an altercation that happened months prior. There's just there's something wrong backstage. And I think Seth Rollins hit it on the head because he even he was asked for it in the WWE. And Seth Rollins says, if something like that happened in the WWE, it would not happen in the WWE because they have protocols set up in place that, that it would not happen. Things like that would not happen. There is a chain of command. There are things that you do. There are people that you see. Um, whether or not AEW is slowly turning that corner into WCW remains to be seen, but they are definitely going down a slippery slope right now with yeah. all this backstage drama. Um, and like I said, whether or not it, he's, uh, for all we know, Tony Khan could be the smartest man in the room because he is doing this on purpose. Because why? Here we are on a Tuesday night recording this podcast talking about Tony Khan and AEW. And that's basically what it is. Uh, any press is better than no press, whether it's bad press, good press, or whatever press. I feel that AEW is teetering on that slope of WCW right now. They need to rattle in the, the rattle in the reins with everybody, you know, whether, whether or not that, that they have to all restructure everybody's contracts where what happens outside the locker, what happens inside the locker room does not leave the locker room. And that includes leaking matches and leaking dirty laundry and all that stuff. So I, I think right now they are teetering on a very slippery slope and AEW is slowly going to be turned into WCW if they keep this up with the social media. Benny, I want you to ex kind of expand on that because that's a great point. If Twitter existed the way it did or does now in 99-2000, do you see Kevin Nash and, and, the, and the, the WCW people in the background getting in 4 a.m. fights? Or is this maybe worse than even that was? I think it's worse because, you know, as bad as WCW was, I mean, you had somebody in charge. I think, you know, the whole business model was flawed. You have a Tony Khan who really doesn't want to be a, an owner. He wants to be a buddy. 
and he, yeah. he he you know he appoints wrestlers and he puts them in EVP positions. How are they qualified to be executive vice presidents? I mean, you need real you need real administrators in those positions. And and you know what happened with Punk and and Jack Perry? That never would have happened in WWE. What would have happened is you know if Jack Perry had the balls to go into business for himself, the Undertaker would have been waiting at the gorilla position. He would have <laughs> blasted him. He would have knocked him into next week, and that would have been all there was to it. You you never would have heard another word about it. You know, maybe he would have got fired. Who knows? But, you know, you wouldn't have Vince McMahon saying, I feared for my life. I mean, no, none of that. It's just a poorly run company. And the one thing we haven't talked about yet, and I'm not really that well versed on it, is their upcoming TV deal. Um, I know that they're projected to lose $34 million this year. That's pretty significant. Um, I don't see it getting any better for them. Yeah, I I can't imagine because the – while little has come out from it, the incident in London when CM Punk and, and Jack Perry had their physical altercation, if Jack Perry had gone into business, CM Punk was the biggest star in the company. If 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 Jack Perry had gone into business for himself and called out Stone Cold Steve Austin or or The Rock, Vince McMahon would have fired him as he was coming through the curtain. Okay, right. Alter, this like the story with uh, the Ultimate Warrior or Jeff Jarrett, you know. Um, There's zero zero tolerance for that yeah, in the WWE. Yeah, ab- absolutely. Because and I think. This is the repercussions of it. This is yeah. what happens. We're talking in AEW in a negative light, whether it's good press or bad press, we're still talking in a negative light. And this is something that should A, never have happened, and B, we should not be talking about it. You're talking we about a about well-managed it. corporation versus a fraternity house. Right. Yeah. Well, speaking of which, Benny, because uh, social media obviously is big with, like you just said, and like Joe said, we're talking about it. Do you think the fact that there are people like – you know, Dave Meltzer's out of the world who who have I mean, has he has mentioned in his comments that I tech he texts Tony Khan that he's got the young bucks on speed dial Will you have people and, and I'm, not, I'm not trying to single him out. He's just the most egregious example. But when you have people who make their living spreading in backstage information isn't isn't that a recipe for failure when they have such direct access to your entire locker room? Yeah, rumor has it that uh, Tony Khan stopped short one day and then Dave Meltzer fractured his nose in three places. I'm not sure <laughs> if that's true or not, but um, it's just not good. I mean, there's nothing good coming from this organization. There's nothing. I mean, and I'm not a bit, I've been very, very outspoken about Vince McMahon for the entire three years we've done this this podcast, but I got to give the devil his due. I mean, the, the man is in charge, you know, and what he says goes. And everybody's is under the same marching orders. You don't have this. You, you'd never have this type of chaos in WWE. No, never, never. And, and you know, speaking with Dave Meltzer and all them, at what point do they become part of the problem as opposed to rather the solution? I understand Meltzer's been around for years. I remember him trying to be a wrestler back in the day. He couldn't make it as a wrestler. So he turned onto the other side, created the Wrestling Observer and all that stuff. And back then it was mailed to you. So you got the news a month later and so forth. Now it's online and it's at the ready and so forth. So these guys are making money off these situations. But then there's the other side of me where like, are they being fed this? Are they being fed to the wolves, so to speak? You know, are they saying, okay, here's a little tidbit of what happened the other day backstage, you run with it. And that's where things get really, really dangerous, complicated, and it's going to cost people money in the long run because like you said, Benny, what, $34 million they stand to lose with their television deal? I mean, I know the guy's that, a billionaire, but that's still a lot of money. It doesn't yeah. matter. You're a business owner. The business is to make money, not lose money. 
And well, right now, they're losing money. At what point does Daddy pull the plug? Like, you know, that, that's enough, Junior. Well, if Trevor Lawrence doesn't help him out sooner or later, I mean, I don't know what's going to yeah. happen. That, that was their bread and butter, right? They were supposed to make the playoffs and go somewhere this year. But, you, you know, that was actually – I don't know if either of you saw the tweet. Um, the, the, the Jacksonville Jaguars had posted about you – know, Tony Khan had posted about, you know, get your – or he retweeted, I should say, get your playoff tickets on sale now. <laughs> and then they don't make the playoffs. And the WWE on Fox Twitter page uh, posted that image of the uh, surprised Kurt Angle meme. Like, Ooh, what'd you guys do now? Yeah. But you know, I, I, which is funny when, when you see that with the, uh, the Tony, the Tony Khan meltdown, we talked about his thing with hook and gender where yep. actual companies are chiming in and, and laugh openly laughing at him. And it's, I don't know, it's something else, but I want to touch on, uh, you you said something before we started recording, and I want to get to that because what Benny said got me thinking. Obviously, they, you, you said they have to be part of the solution. Well, mm -hmm. in recent, uh, just the last few months, we've seen some very big stories break that were uh, the, the, the papers were way off base. I mean, I remember Dave yeah. Meltzer swearing up and down. CM Punk is done with AEW. CM Punk is going to have nothing to do with with Collision. And then when he when he ends up leaving the company, oh, CM Punk had two contracts because he was actually contracted as the executive producer and show lead for Collision. You know, so you're wrong across the board. And then there's there's the same thing. All the papers, like you were saying, you know, CM Punk is not going to the WWE. Zero percent chance. And yeah. and and they not only did did they feed them false information because Punk had been in the building. You know, they, yeah. even the he's there signing the contract and they're still saying, oh, haven't seen him, haven't heard from him. But then they frame it perfectly. And I, I think it's one of the biggest pops I've heard in, in ages. Oh, definitely. Definitely. They, they, the camera zooms out. There's the little graphic in the corner, the the yeah. see on Monday for Raw. And then the music hits. I mean, it was that that was a deliberate middle finger to everybody who got it wrong. Yeah. Michael so, Cole strategically stopped it, talking. Yeah, that's oh, yeah. what I was going to ask you, Joe. Uh, social media, the WWE seems to be using it as a weapon or I should maybe more a marketing tool. What are your thoughts on that? I, I definitely agree. We were talking about this before the show. Like you said, I believe that WWE now has learned the value of social media, and how they can use it to their advantage. So another case in point is this constant trolling with Mercedes Monet not going to the WWE, going to AEW. I'm fully expecting her now to show up at the Royal Rumble because this is how I think the WWE is going to start marketing and promoting. Don't forget, they're cross-promoting now. They're no longer, you know, they're under TKO Endeavor Holdings now with UFC that make a ton of money off social media. And so does the WWE. But, we, you know, there's money to be made there. If they want to continue that element of surprise, they're going to continue to feed the dirt sheets and whoever is going to report it, whether it's a guy like me asking them for a comment, they're going to tell me, one thing, but they're going to do another. And we're all going to be hung out to dry over that. And there's going to be no integrity left in the industry, journalistic-wise, journalistic integrity-wise, because if the WWE keeps doing that, when does that backfire? Oh, you say they're not coming? So they are coming. Oh, they're not coming? Well, they are coming. You know, you can go back and forth and do that. So I fully expected, um, in a sense, I was watching Survivor Series that night. They were chanting CM Punk's name. Um, you know, you just knew something was going to happen, but yeah, they waited to the, to the least spot. If the graphic goes up, Cole stops talking. They were, I want to say, cause I rewound it a few times. They started to go black on top a little bit, like they were going to fade out and then CM Punk's music hit 
and the rest is history. Seventy plus million views on uh, on social media and so forth. Right. So they're going to use that to their advantage now. How they use it's going to be very very innovative from here on out because it's no longer going to be. You're not going to hear about the bad stuff, the fights backstage, the botched uh, moves, and all that stuff. We'll always get that stuff. Uh, another case in point that reminds me of. How about social media was very quick. Was it a few weeks ago? NXT, uh, Ilya Dragunov got hurt. They yeah. got stretched out, ambulance. I was on X, Twitter, all that stuff. Everybody was talking about wrestling news. They were talking, oh, my God, he's hurt. I can't believe it. And they played that to a T, but everybody in the building knew they were all set to tape NXT the following week because it was the holiday week schedule. So they were taping an hour later. Right. And here comes Ilya Dragunov again. He's fine. So for a moment, they tried it. It didn't work out very well because two days later, everyone figured, okay, well, if you tape that, so we must be okay. But they still went as far as saying, you know, they put it out there. There's medics around it. They stopped the match. They stopped whatever they had to stop. You got hurt and all that. Yeah. So you believed it for a moment, you know, suspended in time. So, you know, how the WWE uses this from here on out is going to be very, very innovative. Very innovative. Yeah. You know, it's funny, and and Benny, you're the the money man, so I want to get your thoughts on this one. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember, what was it, 20 years ago maybe? The the big buildup at WrestleMania was they called it the Battle of the Billionaires. Vince Vince McMahon against uh, pre-president Donald Trump. They each picked Lashley represented. Yeah, yeah, Lashley and and Umaga. Who had no hair. (laughs) The (laughs) storyline going into it was Donald Trump had bought Monday Night Raw and then had to sell it back to Vince McMahon for twice the money or whatever. But apparently to fuel the fire, they actually did the legal filings. And I mean, it was never oh, yeah. official, but there was enough of a bank trail that WWE stock actually went down because investors were worried that the that, that Trump and, and Trump holdings may be starting to invest in WWE. So yeah. where do you like, like Joe was asking Benny, where do you draw the line where, where you got to worry about money? Like if I'm, you know, if I'm going to bring in CM Punk as a surprise, obviously you got to start making merchandise ahead of time. You got to worry about ticket sales. Where, where does social media draw the line on uh, on on pushing the envelope too far before you actually start to lose or gain real money? Yeah, I, I, that's that's a tough one. I mean, I was just going to say that I I don't think so. You got WWE billion dollar company. You know, they they can mint money literally. They're a well run company. You got AEW, who's in complete disarray, who's losing $34 million a year. And I believe the stat is they have 188 uh, wrestlers on contract. Oh, for, and I think their payroll is like $85 million, which they're way, way, way over, you know, overloaded with wrestlers. That's I mean, WCW does, stuff right there. Does yep. WWE even, I mean, I think they're just toying with AEW. Do they? Re- I don't think they really take them seriously. No, no, I, I, I think you saw that with the uh, if you remember when AEW was first launching and they signed like the Good Brothers and, and all these huge contracts. And then about a year into AEW's existence, it was like, oh, this is the best they're ever going to be. And then they started releasing everybody in mass. So, no, I, I don't think they take them seriously. I think the fact that CM Punk and, and Joe uh, wants your thought on this one when he's cutting his one of his big return promos, he mentions Kevin Owens, and he's like, oh, I, I don't want to mess with that guy. He he punches people in the locker room. You yeah, can't work yeah. with someone like that. And the crowd just kind of like, eh, because mo- let's be honest, it wasn't a reaction that the joke wasn't funny. It was a reaction that most of the crowd didn't know what he was talking about because most of the crowd didn't care enough about AW to know the story. 
Yeah, I agree there too. I, I remember that. And he didn't get the pop that I think he wanted to saying that about Kevin Owens. I got it personally. I think people in the stands got it, but I think probably that's because the WWE universe is so loyal that they didn't care. They just didn't care. Um, I think the ultimate role in all this is Triple H has totally taken AEW down systematically with the with the signing of CM Punk. And, and now he's going to throw his WWE money, his WWE uh, power, and, and really try and annihilate Tony Khan and AEW. Because now you have The Rock, who's obviously going to be coming back for WrestleMania, who's now rumored to be coming back possibly more than just a one-off at WrestleMania. Right. So you're going to... you're. They, People are going to be like, AEW who now? This is where I'm talking about with Tony Khan and they need the right to ship and so forth. They're not, they're, they haven't done it now. I don't know when they're going to do it. This fiasco tomorrow night. I've watched AEW now since it came out. I even the DVR and I watch it live. I will tell you, since the CM Punk debacle last year and all that, watching these shows is almost like watching paint dry. And I feel bad because I'm a wrestling fan. I want that alternative. I want the alternative audience. I want people to tune in. Because at one time, AEW was must-see TV. Don't get me mm-hmm. wrong. But the product has gone stale. And whether or not Tony Khan is using social media to reinvigorate the product, the way he's doing it's not helping. He's losing money. He's losing audience. The ratings are in the toilet. Um, so I don't know what the matter is. But I think Triple H now sees blood in the water. And he's just going to just annihilate Tony Khan and the, all the way up to WrestleMania with this. Speaking of social media or uh, the reactions, I should say, you talked about boosting the company. Uh, one of the earlier moments we talked about was the the Twitter war with Chris Jericho. One of the side effects of that was uh, questions. Uh, Nick Hausman, House of Wrestling, asked him about what are the NDAs that you want? What about NDAs you made people sign? And then stories came out about Chris Jericho's involvement with Kylie Ray. Uh, yeah. At one point, Nick Hausman compared him to Harvey Weinstein. Oh. And, and to the point where, if you remember that at, at the big event, uh, the pay-per-view they had, the crowd high, pretty much hijacked the match and yeah. were booing. The, I mean, even Sting couldn't get a pop. They were cheering yeah. heels when they were beating up Jericho. They were chanting NDA and, and Kylie Ray. And, and, yeah. and now, I mean, his social media activity has killed any yeah. chance he has as a character right now, the crowd does not, they don't, they don't see Chris Jericho, the wrestler. They see Chris Jericho, the, the unhinged social media, you know, nut yeah. who, who may or may not be touching people inappropriately. You and know, again, that, this is all alleged. Nothing, nothing's come out yet, but what are your thoughts on that? When that came, when that came out that day, he had that match that night. Um, there was like, no, I watched that and I was like, he, he came in, did his thing and left. And that was it. He wrestled and all that stuff. But then the following week on Dynamite, he had a run-in, and I think he did it last week too. Mm-hmm. He had another run-in. No one's singing Fozzie's music anymore, well, and not, I think they're doing it on purpose because I, they don't know what to expect from a live crowd. Not even just no one's singing. I don't know if you noticed, and Benny, I don't know if you watched or not, but but his the Fozzie entrance was was like deafeningly loud. I mean, they 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 were going to blow the speakers up in 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 the arena. I think the first week they did it, they were in Daly's place. Um, yeah. You know, where that's that's some week, that's yeah. old yeah. school WCW ECW trick where if we play yeah. the music really loud, the TV, the viewers can't tell how loud the crowd is booing. Yeah. Yeah. And like you, you said, nobody sang it and, and it was so loud they were clearly trying to drown something out. And then yeah. 
I think they picked the wrong venue for that. I mean, any other arena that would have worked, but Daly's place is open air kind of yeah. too as well. So they picked the wrong time. I know it was the coming home episode and all that stuff. I watched that episode and I, you know, in the sting, uh, uh, move at the end, what going off the table, the 60 something year old guy going through a table is like, it's, it's a tough product to watch right now. I understand. Yeah. And and then you got Sting's last match is now going to be a tag team match and it's going to be with the young bucks. And it's like, this makes zero yeah, storyline wise, but whatever. Speaking of social media, we saw the reaction on social media, even yeah. diehard AEW faithful are yeah. predominantly going. What? Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, you got that roster and Sting's history. You telling me you couldn't throw a couple million dollars at Ricky Steamboat or somebody to, somebody. to you exactly. know, hell, I'm pretty sure at this point fans would rather see Ric Flair, except maybe Benny would rather see Ric Flair come back. But, just to go, just to go back to that the pay per view a couple weeks ago, May W. Even the botched table, flaming table move with Adam Copeland and Nick Wayne. Yeah. It's horrendous. Like what is going on with this company? Like they can't even, the production values even off as well. Right. I don't mean to switch gears, but no, you're you know, fine. You know, you know, the hard cam takes and all that stuff that you're supposed to see the moves and all that stuff. They're out of, they're out of order. Like something's wrong with AEW right now and they need to steer that ship right. I don't know what's going to happen, but um, social media is not their friend right now. <laughs> That's for sure. Well, Benny, I said this was going to be a shorter episode, so we've got about, you know, five, what, 10 minutes left. Um, I want your thoughts, hypothetical, fantasy booking, whatever you want to call it. Benny Scala, you just, you've just you just been hired by Tony Khan. You are now guru, VP, whatever you want to call it. You control <laughs> AEW's social media presence. What are you doing? Oh, I don't know. I, I mean, I'd probably just cash my first check and leave. <laughs> <laughs> you big dummy. Look who's behind you. <laughs> right. I, you know, I just, uh, what I was thinking, actually, Joe, when did you first go to the Boston Garden? 1981, July of 1981, right. George the Animal So you Spirit were how old then? You were 12? I was 12 years old, yep. Okay. Turning so, 12, I should say 11. I was almost 12. I think, you know, social media coupled with the, you know, the ab abolition of kayfabe, it's just, it's, they're no longer, we're not wrestling fans anymore. We're wrestling analysts. We feel like we have a right to interject ourselves you know, cheering for the heels and, th and things like that. I, when, when Joe went to the Boston garden at 12 years old, now you did like the heels though, right? Or did you I, like Morocco? Uh, I let's say that again. I liked you, who you liked Morocco. Didn't you like Don oh, Morocco? I'm, Morocco was my favorite wrestler, even though he was booed. I just loved the reaction that he got from the crowd. Yeah. Right. But for the most part, you know, th th yeah. there weren't that many cheers for Morocco. Correct. No, they were booed. We're now like we're, yeah. this, the, the, the lines are so blurred and it just, it's, it, to me, it's unwatchable. So I'd, yeah. I'd, I'd sign the contract, I'd cash a couple of checks, and then, like, you know. But you own the company. <laughs> no, I'm the, I'm that's the booker. The hypothetical, right, yeah. Dan? He owns the company? You just yeah. got to go, that's it? <laughs> well, now that we know, Joe, now that we know Benny would just take the money and run, uh, what about you? Same question to you. What what are you doing if you're, if you're on the disciplinary committee or whatever you want to call it, and you get to control social media? Uh, first of all, I would confiscate everybody's phones and say there's no social media allowed in AEW. If you want to wrestle and get paid, that's it. Um, that's one thing I would do. I'm sure that, that wouldn't act actually happen, but I would definitely, you know, put it in there that um, that AEW has would assume all rights to your Twitter handle, X handle, Facebook account, and all that stuff. If you want to do stuff on your personal account and all that stuff, fine. But if AEW is attached to your name at all whatsoever, just like um, I know things have changed over the past now, 
a lot of WWE people used to have WWE in their in their handles and all that right. stuff, and they've slowly gotten rid of that because they know that they are hired talent. They're you know they're W nine performers and so forth. They're you know so they're not going to be able to use that handle afterwards. So they they need to make a name for themselves. Um, I would definitely um, if I were to social media wise definitely um, anything that's AEW related is property of AEW. And if you're going to put a tweet out there or whatever a, a post. If you if it has anything to do with AEW programming, contracts, NDAs, backstage altercations, you name it, it needs to be go through um, corporate first. Like any company, if I work for uh, a company, a bank company, and then I said, oh, I know a stock that's going to be going good soon. All that stuff's regulated now. Same thing should happen, I think, with social media and the wrestling industry now. It's, at some point, it's going to have to be regulated. But hypothetically, if I did own that, there would definitely, definitely be... Um, some severe consequences or rules in place to nullify any type of social media involvement, whether it's a negative and a positive too. Um, if you want to put that positive thing on it, it still has to go through corporate. Anything that's AEW related would have to go through corporate. So that's, that's, that's kind of how I would curb it. Whether or not that works or not, I don't know. I think it's a generational thing too now. Like I said, I remember when there was no social media. I remember when there was no internet. You know, wrestling mm -hmm. magazines are my internet. And that was a month old or two months old. So I would definitely put those measures in place to stop instances just like this. And by the way, the Jack Perry thing over the weekend, he ripping up his AEW contract. Does he not know that Tony Khan owns New Japan? I mean, did, did we all lose sight in that somewhere? Like you just ripped up your own contract, but you're still working for the company. They knew it was a work. Security was filled in at the last second to let him over the, the railing and unmask himself right. and all that stuff. Oh, so. is, is that who that was ripping up the paper? I thought the homeless peanut vendor from outside <laughs> yeah. had gotten into the yeah. arena. Same, same it, thing. It, it, it's rather apparent now he didn't shave or get a haircut since that time. So, yeah. Yeah, Jack Perry's Luke's boy is growing up. CM Punk knocked him out. He actually just woke up on the floor of the floor of Wembley a couple of days ago. But you know, uh, I meant to ask, meant to ask who got the monitor thrown off? Was it CM Punk throwing the monitor or Jack Perry throw the monitor at the backstage altercation? I, I don't know, but I I, I heard the uh, I heard uh, a monitor was involved. What's his name? Woo, the Woo Kid or Woo Kid, the, the rapper that was performing at Wembley. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He went on a he posted a bunch of stuff about how there was blood everywhere and and uh, tony khan <laughs> not yelling one video, and right? screaming not one video. there's a guy named the woo kid uh, i, I want to say that's it Blair, like... i i want it to, i could be wrong i i woo, woo, woo. there's few few <laughs> things in life i i care less about than than uh rappers hired to perform at a wrestling show but yeah the um yeah he he told you i guess he said there was a lot of blood and and that's probably from the spot jack perry did before the fight uh, but not one video. This day and age, people record well, car accidents. Especially because right, the way exactly. Wembley's, people have pointed out the way Wembley's built, where the gorilla position is, has like three oh. security cameras. Like there is definitely footage of what happened. It's just no yeah. one's going to say anything. But if Tony Khan got knifed in the back, there'd be videos everywhere about it. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, okay. the, the bottom line, though, is AEW needs to morph from a frat house into a well run company. And I don't think that's ever going to happen with Tony Khan at the helm. No, no. No, I don't know if you guys saw it too. What uh, he's obviously has his crush on Tony Storm, and it's rather apparent now that it's you know, and he's on social media. I love Tony Storm. I love her. I love. Her. I'm like, dude, you got to take a step back. You got to stop. You know, he, I think social media right now is not helping AEW. That is for sure. No, absolutely mm. not. Well, Joe, uh, this has been a fun conversation. Like yeah, I said, Joe. we kind of did a mini episode tonight. We'll definitely uh, bring you back on, talk some more. But before we let you, uh, before we log off tonight. 
Um, you got a lot of stuff you, to plug. Tell everybody uh, where they can find you. Well, uh, What a Day in Centerville is a Facebook and online show uh, based out of Centerville, Iowa here. I'm a Bostonian that is transplanted to a small town, so I do a live show on Wednesday nights there. We have, uh, obviously, Monty and the Pharaoh. We have uh, The 30 coming up on Thursday night. I think there's going to be a time difference on that, but we'll find out more about that. Wrestling Remembered, we have tapes on Fridays as well. Line Drive Baseball Podcast, which is a little bit on hiatus right now, but will be returning soon. So there's a lot a lot coming down the pike. So uh, stay tuned to Monty and the Pharaoh. And, of course, Dan and Benny, thank you guys for very much for having me on the oh, show pleasure. tonight. I greatly appreciate yeah. it. Absolutely. And we can't let you go without uh, you got to tell our fans the, the the story. Where did the nickname What a Day come from? What a day. OK, so I was a little kid, um, as you like all little kids, when you got nervous, some people would hide in a corner. Some people would, would do whatever. I had a nervous tick and I'd say, what a day. And what would happen, what usually happened was, is when I say that somebody would either belt out something about sports, um, the news, the weather, somebody, whether it's good news or bad news. And over the years, it just became a thing. What a day. What a day. You hear it all the time. What a day, right? Mm-hmm. So I kind of, about 2016, 2017, I kind of took it to the next level and brought it over to uh, nice. the social media side and wrestling and all that. But that's how it actually started out. It was a nervous tick. I used to say, what Child a day. Thing. Wow. <laughs> nice. Well, talk, talk about uh, turning a, a weakness into a strength, if you, right. if you yeah. exactly. or however that, that old cliche yeah. goes. Yeah. Turn yeah. out yeah. Lemon, lemonade in, or lemons at the lemonade. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> or uh, turn 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 uh, cinnamon into fireball like Benny does when he's having a bad chicken day. Poop the chicken soup, right? That, that's Friday night, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, Joe, thank you so much for um, obviously Dan and Benny. You know, like he he pitched the show. We can be found anywhere podcasts are listened to, and of course to our friends Monty and the Pharaoh on YouTube. So for what a day, Joe Lowry for the player himself, Benny Scala. I'm yeah. Dan Spashon. Have a good night, everyone, and we will see you next time on the ring. What a day.